Welcome to the Deal Gaming Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm extremely gassy. I, I've been laying on the couch farting for like two hours. I feel so bad. Uh, I I always just tell everybody like I have an iron stomach uh, because I do. Generally, I eat whatever as much uh, whatever I want as much as I want. But I just went overboard today. We we're at the pool with Chad actually uh, today, and we we're at uh, the Hyatt. You ever been in the Hyatt over in in the the Bay, Bobby? Uh, Mission Bay. Oh, Mission Bay. No. Yeah, it's it's really nice because it you know has uh, like slides, big slides for the kids, and it's mm. like a resort thing. Anyway, so I ordered the pulled pork sandwich, which is giant, and then um, a seagull was picking at Anna's uh, <laughs> um, this poke bowl, so she didn't want that. So I finished her poke bowl, and then the kids didn't finish their chicken nuggets, so I finished that. And uh, yeah, I was in pain for a couple hours there, but. I think I got it all out just for you, Bobby. So I think we're okay. Oh, wonderful. This is a very small room that we're in. So. It is. It is. <laughs> have you ever had a complaint? Like, have you ever smelled me? Um, I mean, when it was you, me, and Ray, and, and Chi, like... There'd be times. There would be times, yeah. man. Yeah. There, there were a couple of times. I'm sure there were episodes where it came up, like, on episode, like, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one or two, yeah. Uh, all right. So farts. So uh, it, it should be obvious by now, but we do not have Days and uh, Nick on this episode. They both have things going on. They've got lives outside of this podcast, apparently. So I guess that's normal for uh, being as young as they are. But How lame. They will not be joining us today, unfortunately, but that's okay. You got, you got Bobby and Emilio here to carry the show in a brand new year. Every once in a while, Bobby, uh, on... Was it Spotify? I don't know. One of the um, apps that I listened to this podcast. Um, I th- why was it? I don't know why. Anyway, sometimes I'd finish an episode of our podcast, a current one, and it would just jump to an old one, like a really old one. Hmm. And uh, every once in a while, I get to like listen to one. And uh, I was listening to, there was a point where... It was just me and you, and it was getting not stale, but it was getting like we didn't have enough content because it was just me and you. So we started talking about movies and uh, like TV shows. Oh, yeah. We were so excited, dude. You were like talking about this fucking movie and stuff. It, it was probably right before we decided to do um, the popcorn show. What was it called? Oh, Movies on the DL. <laughs> yeah, Movies on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember those times. Um, That was uh, before Amanda joined us, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was right after Ray had left us, and uh, it was just the two of us for a while, so yeah, we were really concerned. Guys, this show came dangerously close to just being completely rebranded. I think the the name that we had, like the front runner, was What's the Dealio with Bobby and Emilio? (laughs) And it was just going to be a show about us talking about a bunch of random things. Guys, it could have been bad. Yeah. It was, uh, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, and then more recently, it was very close. We almost, uh, we were talking about changing it to Pixel Shit, shit Show or The Shit Show. Uh, well, that, that was the, uh, wasn't that the band name supposed to be? Supposed to be? I don't know. I thought it was, we we're going to rebrand the whole thing, but who knows? Yeah. We don't even know what we're called. Let's talk about some video games. Yep. How do you want to do wait, this, wait, Bobby? Wait, wait. Uh, wait. Let's, let's, let's go over some of the project shit show. Hotline Random. I mean, there's a gold mine here, guys. Come on. Yeah, okay. we had a So bunch these of are names. The, the names that we were considering renaming the podcast when we were going to rebrand. 82 Strikes. Ooh, I like it. 
Dude. The drinker and the thinker. Oh, Ooh, come on. So good. But where would we be now, dude? Where would we be now without the drinking? Yeah, I don't know. Just two thinking, just two thinkers, I guess. You know? The blinker and the thinker. I'm just saying. The blinker here. and the thinker. Couch potatoes and computer chairs. I think you're selling us a little short there, Bobby. I think some of these are pretty good. Pixel party. Young, Young hot idiots. Ooh. Dude. What? So good. <laughs> All work and some play. Distracted yeah. gamers, media junkies, and what's a dealio with Bobby and Emilio? So good. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Well, because DL gaming. I mean, come on. It seems like two idiots that had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. Well, it's been a problem since we started yeah. this. Like, we were never happy with the name. We were never. just like, let's just go with it so we can get this thing started. Yeah. We'll, we'll at some point, <laughs> nine years from now, we'll come up with something awesome and we'll yeah. change it. Never happened. <laughs> All right. But we should talk about some video games here. So you've got a lot on your radar. So I'll let you go first. All right. Thanks. Um, so uh, we've talked about, I think, everything on here almost, uh, but I got them all recently for Christmas presents. So um, I hopefully will be playing them shortly. Um, Midnight Suns, I did not get as a Christmas present, but I gave it to as a Christmas present to John, uh, JP Diddy on our Discord. And uh, I always remember, um, I it was either... I think it was Married with Children, where he gives his wife a bowling ball, knowing damn well she doesn't bowl, and knowing that he would end up having, uh, playing it himself. Right. Or Married using, with Children. That's a very famous Simpsons episode. Is it Simpsons? Yeah. Okay, it was either that or Simpsons. <laughs> um, and uh, that's how I feel when I give it to when I give things like this because I have access to his account, so I'm going to play it myself as well. Um, this is a Marvel game. I don't know what the whole Midnight Sun storyline is. Uh, I'm sure it happened in comic books. They're all dressed in yellow. There's a bunch of, uh, characters that don't usually go together. They're all fighting together. Wolverine with a lot of Avenger characters. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. So, um, hopefully the story is good. If it was adapted correctly. Avengers or X-Men? It's both. That's what I'm saying. It's like a mix of both. And, um, What's his name? Ghost Rider's in there too. So yeah, it's okay. it's a big mix. Yeah, and the big thing is it's by Firaxis Games, yes. the company that made the XCOM games. Yeah, and um, you know the first week it came out, people were complaining about it, and then you know some people uh, I've seen some places that are trying to like uh, put in Game of the Year contention, but it just came out too late in the year. So I don't know hmm. um, if it's by Firaxis. At least the I know for sure the mechanics are going to be good. Um, if they of all the comic book stories, why did they adapt this one? It must have had some merit. So, yeah, I'm excited to play it. I probably most excited to play this one. Um, this is only single player. Yeah, and you know what happened is the winter sale uh, started right, and this did not go on sale. And then um, I don't know how this happened, but maybe three days into the sale, I was like, fuck. It's not on sale. I'm just going to buy it. Next day, it goes on sale for fucking like 30% off. It's 40 bucks. So, uh, yeah, it went from $59.99 to $40. Can you return games that you bought for other people? I don't know I don't how that works. Can. I mean, I don't care at this point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it's shitty. Hmm. Remember, 
I mean, nobody listening to this podcast probably doesn't remember this, but sales used to be crazy, especially the summer sale where they'd be lightning deals and then there'd be like yeah, they'd all have kinds the, of the stuff. The flash sales that would last like eight hours or four to eight hours. So you, you had to constantly be checking, like you were always on Steam checking like what's mm-hmm. on the flash sale. And it was nothing that like came out very recently. It was always kind of the older games where the deals were insane. Yeah, they'd be really good deals. Yeah. I wonder why they got rid of that. But anyway... I don't even know to keep checking for stuff like this. Like I thought everything goes on day one of the sale. I didn't know that more things, or maybe they decided mid sale. I didn't realize that the sale changed. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, that's one. Uh, Amanda bought me a kill squad, which is a twin stick shooter, hack and slash uh, co-op four player co-op. I mean, all those things check all the boxes I love. So, um, I've had it on my wish list. You know, it's funny is uh, to come Christmas time, I went to um, Amanda's wish list and I, she had so many things. Like I went to buy Bobby something and he had like very little. You had like five things. Yeah, dude. Now four. Like now four. <laughs> right. It was very hard to choose one. I, I think a couple of them weren't even out yet. So it was very hard. Well, most of them, uh, my wish list, I use it just to keep track of games that haven't come out yet, so I get notified when they mm. do come out. Um, I, I found that when I put games on my wish list that I actually that I want to buy and they're out, like, dude, I'm an adult. I can just buy it now. Like, I'm never going to buy it. It's just going to sit on my wish list forever and ever. Like, I could wait for a sale, but then it goes on sale and I don't buy it anyway. So I strongly I, disagree. I think like it's like you want a game, but you don't want it $20 amount. You want it yeah. ten dollars amount. So Basically, you yeah, it. you use it in case a sale comes around. Well, what I found out is, me personally, I I don't even buy it when it's on sale. Oh. So, you know, I just I use my wish list now as a way to keep track of when games come out. Um, you I think you can click on follow right, and then you would get the. But you might miss that. I don't know what that follow button does. I've done it before, and I, I I didn't really notice anything. But maybe it shows up in your activity feed on Steam. But I don't know. Chris, can you find out what that follow button does for us? I, I think you're supposed to get updates of when the game has, I, obviously when it releases, but also when it has major updates yeah, or like messages from the developers. But where does that go? I, I think, think it, it's in your activity feed, which nobody really checks on Steam. Hmm. I, I always felt that Steam had a big opportunity to do some sort of social networking thing, but never really capitalized on it. Uh, All right. Players can choose to follow your game by selecting the option from your store. Allows news and events to appear in the player's feed and also in the Steam News Hub. Does anyone use the Steam News feed or hub? I barely ever go there. If you go to your library, your feed is at the very top as like a ticker bar at the top, right? I don't think that's in the library. I think that's on your home page. There's a place somewhere where you get like a... Try um, Try it, Chris. Go to your library. And then look at the very top bar. I think that's where it's a very thin top bar at the very top. Yeah. And does it happen on the, when you access it through the web or does it happen just through the client? Just through the client. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that top thing is a news bar. I've got all sorts of stuff on there, but it only, Oh no, I do see something that I follow and I don't have in my library. Okay, cool. Sweet. So I've been curating that little by little. I mean, I just started. So it has a little pull down bar right next to the thing, the items in there. And you could say, I want to see less of this game, or you could say, I want to see more of this game. And so, uh, yeah, I've been doing that because 
I look at my library a lot. <laughs> yeah, if I put the effort into it, I could probably make that useful. But right now, it's filled with stuff that I just tune out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it takes a little uh, curating. Um, let's see. Uh, this means warp. I also picked up. Bobby, You did you play the demo? Or did you play? Did you buy the game? Uh, we, we played the demo on this, didn't we? Did we play the demo? This was the yeah. one. I, I was in opposition to Amanda and... and sniper here i think they liked it more than i wait yeah this is the one we played with captain gummy right yeah yeah it was and i was one. really high yeah yeah we were playing like a, a faster than light okay i it might have been a demo because there was not a lot of content yeah uh, i'm just surprised that the demo had a multiplayer in it like a lot of times it's just like you know something so you could see how the mechanics work but you were able to get a four-player game going mm -hmm. in demo that's pretty cool yeah it must have been the demo because the game i'm thinking of is it has space in the title um well i own this game now which is a um yeah a little ftl right but it's not you can't pause time because it's multiplayer so you're running around taking care of um things that are going around in the spaceship during spaceship battles i'm seeing asteroids here um, I can't really speak to it too much. I mean, wh when we first saw it, we were like, oh, this is FTL for multiplayer. But I don't think that really, it's more of a, hmm. What, what's a game where you're like running around putting out fires, Bobby? Kind of like. Uh, it was like the cooking one. Yeah. Overcooked. Yeah, overcooked. Yeah, it felt a lot more like that. Which is not bad in my book, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Christian, is this something that you would pick up and play with me, please? Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing with Bobby and uh, Gummy, from what I remember. You were also high, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bobby, uh, what do yeah. you got? I mean, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good game. I thought it just needed more content, and the people I was playing with started role-playing, and you know I'm not into that, so. <laughs> we we didn't role-play. Oh, dude. dude, there was some RP going on. What you call singing RP? We were just, uh, we were just you guys making... You getting a little too into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Let, let me... Let me uh, translate what Bobby just said. Uh, the demo did not have enough content in it, and uh, my co-workers or my co-gamers were having too much fun. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so big announcement that happened, I believe, on New Year's Day was Payday 3. Now, we all knew this game was going to come out eventually. I think Starbreeze announced it like back in, I don't know, 2017 or something, but we've been waiting forever for this game. And it has a release date of 2023, but there are no details on this game. They're keeping it very close to the chest. I absolutely loved the Payday games. Um, it, it's kind of a tragedy what happened with the second one. And I can't remember the whole story, but I think something happened with the publisher and just the DLC got out of hand and mm -hmm. it just ruined the game. It, it watered it down to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore. And a lot of people stopped playing it, but it was a great concept and a really good execution. Um, if for some weird reason, you don't know what payday is, uh, it's a co-op game, which you know, I love where you play unless uh, people are having fun. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's fun being had that I'm out. 
<laughs> but it's a heist game where you and three other players are trying to do a, a lot of them are bank robbery heists. Some of them, uh, there's like a jewelry store one. There's one with, the, with like a drug lab. Like there's a, lots of different ones, but you have to complete objectives. You have to fend off the cops and then the SWAT comes in and there's varying levels of difficulty. You build your talents into like certain directions so you can be like either stealth or you can just be like a heavy gunner or, you know, you drill faster, all these different things. It was a great game. I loved Payday 1 and 2. Um, the, the big difference, well, the only thing that we really know is that it's now going to be on the Unreal 4 engine. The original games, I think, were on an engine called Valhalla, which I'm not familiar with. But these are, are switching switching engines and the graphics look, at least the promotional material that they have out now looks really good. Of course, 4, they, not 5? Uh, yeah, they said four, which a lot of games still are, are using. Hmm. Um, but the graphics, of course, they doctored these up to make them look a lot more presentable in the screenshots and everything. And it's really just a teaser trailer that's out. There's no video, but it, it does look good. It looks promising. It's payday. They have talked in the past, I believe, about how they... Um, I, I really wish I knew more about this, but I couldn't find the information when I was looking for it. I, I feel like the uh, Starbreeze has kind of regained control of it, and they are, are going to make something more of what the fans want as opposed to uh, the cash grab DLC mania that plagued the the last one. I do remember that, too. right? It was wasn't it? Uh, you kind of alluded to it. I think the publisher was pushing for more of they wanted more of a um, pay to win structure or something yeah or at least it just it looks like this is a new publisher uh yeah, i would imagine them. so prime matter yeah that doesn't look look familiar. this is a new developer too unless starbreeze studio no they um i believe they made the last ones well it's not coming Payday out though. too that's hmm. so odd um oh so Overkill, a Starbreeze studio. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, okay. So it was like a branch of it. So yeah, there was something weird going on with either the developer and the publisher or, or both of them. But yeah, man, I love these games. My, It's not a screensaver. What is it? A lock screen. My locks, I, I made like a custom um, uh, wallpaper of Payday 2. It's probably on my Steam profile, in fact. Yeah, look at all those DLCs, dude. Just littered with DLCs. Like, anything that came out. They had, like, a John Wick DLC when that movie came out and was real big in 2014. They had, uh, like, one with some DJ, Alesso. Uh, this, like, although that was a good level where you go in and it's like a nightclub thing. Um, but they just had so much DLC and it, and like, all these weapon packs. It, uh, and they kept changing the talent trees. Like they would always switch them up. And then I had to like relearn the game like so many times. The Juana music pack. Come on guys. <laughs> the fuck? But yeah, I've got, if you look on my steam page, I've got a, uh, a payday two wallpaper and we used to have a payday mask hanging in here that yeah. you bought. In I Mexico. just recently gave it away, but those masks are iconic, man. Yeah. Yeah. They did such a good job. Nailed it with those. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I found out about this is on my <laughs> newsfeed a ticker at the top of my library. <laughs> Payday 2 had a uh, its first like announcement in fucking I don't know how many years and said announcing Payday 3. And I clicked on it and I got this. Wow. Yeah. All right. So it's serving some good. It is. Bobby bought me Brave and Greed, uh, Bravery and Greed. I played the demo of this during Next Fest, I believe. Um, I like this game. Uh, it 
is, which is why I put it on my wish list. Um, it throws everything at the kitchen. Uh, no, everything and the kitchen sink at the wall. No, throw everything at the wall and saw what stuck. And uh, most of it stuck for me. Um, so there's a ton of characters. Uh, you know, your classic wizard, rogue, uh, warrior, paladin, all kinds of stuff. Um, archer. And uh, it's a hack and slash uh, side scroller, and there's a ton of different um, methods you can play it. So it's four player co op. Um, there's like just go out and grab cash. Uh, there's a campaign. There's uh, like versus, not versus like fighting each other, but seeing who can get the most money. It's all about getting loot. Um, the big, the only complaint I've seen about it is that it's too grindy. You don't get enough gold on each run. Uh, but I think the idea is to, uh, you know, unlock a bunch of different characters. I remember when I was playing as the wizard, I thought it was so fleshed out that the wizard could have held a game alone. Just the wizard. Like, he could have had, the, uh, you know, a wizard adventure game. I, uh, that's how fleshed out that one was. I played a couple more and they weren't as good, but they were definitely good. And then, um, And then I saw that there was more and more. There's like, I don't know how many characters. So there's just a lot going on here and I'll be able to report more uh, later on. And I, I would say, I, you know, John is my multiplayer buddy, but we have, we're being, we've been playing something. And I think we're going to be playing it for a while. Uh, more on that later. And the last thing I saw this right before I came in here, I think Pyronicle uh, posted it on discord. Isaac survivors is a, mod for binding of isaac in the uh steam mod store what is it called what is the what is the mod thing called the, the mod? steam workshop steam workshop thank you and basically it turns it into a vampire survivors game so uh it took <laughs> binding of isaac and it puts you in one big room where you get continuously attacked and you uh pick an upgrade after every wave i believe um yeah i'm gonna try this out why not like uh a lot of the ideas for vampire survivor probably came out of binding of isaac so uh why not yeah why why not let the original try it out so yeah i'm gonna try it out see what's up isaac survivors wow yeah cool yeah, it, when you were talking about bravery and greed and the wizard being like a really well-developed character, but the other's not so much. And it reminded me of Gauntlet, the remake that they made, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, a decade ago or a little less. And the wizard was definitely the most, uh, the most fun in that game. It was the most complicated character, but it really felt like you were doing something. And then the warrior was just like, why is this guy even here? Mm -hmm. Like, it was so bad. It was terrible. The, the other ones, the, the, the dwarf or the hunter. And I can't remember what the other one was. Um, like those were like, all right, but, uh, God, yeah, that was just such a weird game. That was so disappointing. Melee characters. A lot of the time get the, the short end of the, their proverbial sticks, I guess. Yeah. Tough to balance. I mean, in wow, you just give them a charge. There you go. Well, they, it's even if they have a charge, it's just less interesting. You can do so much more with, a ranged character, you know, they have to have mobility because they have to get away, and there's just so much. And then the a lot of times the melee is just like get in, get out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got some games to talk about here. Looks like you've got more than me again, so I'll let you start. 
guys, I played a lot. I had two weeks off. I had so much fucking time to play. Um, did I miss something there, Chris? Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, like <laughs> you're reacting like something happened. Um, so Heavenly Bodies is a, a fumble core game. It's a two-player co-op, and um, it's perfect for um, Steam, Steam Couch Share. I, always, I can't remember. Steam Couch? What is it called? Family Sharing? No. Um, when you're both playing... Fu- when you're both playing and uh, oh, remote tri- play, remote play. Thank you, thank you. I cannot. Steam has too many things, and I can't. I don't know, and I love them all. That's the worst. Um, so John and I played it like that, so he wouldn't have to buy it. And it, nothing in this game is happening super fast, so you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to react or anything. So if there's a little little bit of lag, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's a fumble core game where you play as two uh, cosmonauts, Russian cosmonauts, and you have little missions that you're supposed to do. Um, move the satellite, extend the uh, solar panels, do a little bit of mining. And because it's fumble core, it's all hilarious. Like, I, I think I find these games always more fun than other people because I was crying laughing and John was just like getting frustrated. You know, he's just like, well, this game would be, uh, he, at the end I was like, what'd you think? And he's like, well, if the controls were a little better, I was like, that's not the, the point is that the controls are all fucked up man. you know, um, you know, and it's funny cause it, you can make them even harder. So there, I saw an option when you start the game and it says, do you want like real physics? And in real physics, you can't swim in space, which means if you're nowhere near a wall, you're just fucked until your buddy comes and gets you. Um, because you, the, but we played it with normal difficulty and several times we were adrift, like this character is doing now. And you just go off and you, you start to panic because, uh, it does this thing where like your radio, the sound changes, like you're, you can tell you're going to be gone completely and it's not very easy to swim but you ha- you know you have to swim or the whole, you're gonna die so you figure out how to swim and then you come back but yeah you can take away that whole thing um i i believe it's pretty cheap i want to say 12 to 15 bucks i i don't remember uh but i uh oh, 20 20 um i had a great time with it or am having a great time with it um i would play this with anybody i think um I don't know. I feel like Fumblecore peaked with Octodad, and then ever since that, I I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, uh, but but the good, good thing about Fumblecore is like, I mean, Octodad is four players, you know, and each well, it person can be, huh? It, it can be. It yeah, is. It can be. be. It's one of the only. But you're all controlling one character. I don't think that's ever been done before. Um. But yeah, great time with this. Hmm. Um, I also play Tiny Rogues, which is another game Amanda bought me. She, uh, it's kind of like, um, it's a roguelike dungeon crawler, uh, that's very retro looking, um, almost too retro at the very beginning. Uh, I was looking at it and it has this like filter on it. See the filter to make it look like you're playing on a CRT monitor mm-hmm. and With the scan lines. Yeah. Scan lines. And I was like, uh, please have an option to turn this <laughs> off. And so I go to the options and it didn't have it. Well, most games do. 
Yeah, I know. And uh, it didn't have it. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to. And then I start playing it. And, you know, about an hour later, I don't see the lines anymore. And I'm really into the. I was shocked how much I like this game. Um, it's one of those things where every time you level up, you have three options. Um, you And then every time you finish a, a floor, there's two doors. And the doors have what's in that door uh, above them. So you can kind of like choose your own path a little bit. Um, there's a bunch of different characters. Each one of them plays, um, differently. The bosses are very fun. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's just really good. Um, the weapons aren't traditional, um, traditionally like a fantasy. Everything else is, you know, your wizardy rogues and stuff. Uh, but like I got a, uh, laser cannon. I got, uh, grenade launcher stuff like that so you, it's not it's not very traditional it goes all over the place um and i've made some builds uh that you know you feel like you broke the game and i went all the way through the game i think it's going to be like my of isaac where the goal post gets moved after i beat the game a certain amount of times or with a certain amount of characters but um yeah i that feeling of breaking the game or having something that you feel is broken, but you earned it because you build it. It's always a satisfying feeling kind of like in monster train. I always feel like I broke the game in monster train. If you get a very good combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So highly recommend it. And I think it's a cheap one, isn't it? Uh, seven Canadian. What's that? Yeah. So okay. five bucks, $6, six bucks. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. If you're into any of these okay. type things. Yeah, very good reviews. Still in early access. Overwhelmingly positive 2,000 reviews. Go ahead, Bobby. Talk about your piddly game you played. <laughs> yeah, so you bought me Immortality, one of the games that was on my wish list. Now, this game had come out, but it was still on my wish list because I did absolutely want to play this this game. This is the new, um, uh, very narrative-heavy game from Sam Barlow, creator of Her Story and uh, Telling Lies. So if you've played those games, you know what to expect with this one. And this game was pretty much everything I wanted it to be, uh, which is kind of like the culmination of of everything um, that he's learned from the uh, past two games, but uh, put into a, a much bigger project. Um, so those games, if you haven't played them, Her Story and Telling Lies, uh, they are found footage games or FMVs, and you have to search databases to find clues, find uh, uh, videos and kind of put together a story to figure out what happened. Um, Now, the key difference here between those games and this one is in both Telling Lies and Her Story, you actually had to type in keywords. So you would watch a video clip and the character would mention a name and you'd type in that name or they'd mention like, oh, I went to this bar, I had this object and you type in that keyword and then you would um, it would come up with other results like this video also has that word Mm -hmm. in it. So you would play detective and you would uncover the story in a nonlinear fashion. It was a really, uh, a really genius way to make a, make a game, um, and to incorporate story into it. And you can definitely tell that the budgets have gotten bigger here. So in her story, it's just one woman. It's like, uh, you know, those videos they take when they interrogate somebody at, um, at the station, you know, and it's just a woman in a room and she's, um, 
explaining what happened and you uncover and eventually realize what, what really did happen. Uh, and it's, it's really cool once you realize that twist or that turn there, I won't spoil it, but did tell you use the same actress. Uh, no, 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 different actors. So that was just one woman and it, it, it got a lot of credit at the game awards. It was a really popular game. Everybody loved it. Then telling lies came out, I think 2018, 2019, right around there. And that was a bigger project had more actors in it, but it was still actors sitting in front of webcam. So mm -hmm. it was the captured recordings of these four characters webcams. So it was still basically actors talking to cameras, having conversations with other people. And that was cool because you see two different sides of the story and you have to kind of match them up. Uh, so there's another layer of complexity there, but this takes it to an entirely new level here. This is, uh, the story is you're trying to figure out what happened with this actor. She was in three movies that were never released, one in 68, one in uh, 1970, I think, and the other in 1999. And for some mysterious reason, uh, something happened on set and these movies were never released. And you have access to a lot of the uh, footage, um, like the, the scenes that were filmed. Not only that, you have access to like table reads, to um, behind-the-scenes documentary footage, uh, to interviews with the cast, and to, like, um, you know, when they appear on uh, uh, talk shows and mm -hmm. stuff, like that kind of footage. Um, so it's not just people sitting in front of a camera and talking, talking to the camera or having a conversation. It's actually like movie scenes that you're watching and like old found footage. So it, it gives them a lot more freedom to do... do like make this a lot more interesting visually uh, just with like stuff going on. Um, Hats off to Sam, dude. Uh, not only are games hard to make, movies are hard to make. Yeah. Eh, fuck it. I'll do it both. Yeah. Jeez. And he's doing both. Um, and careful detail. Like I really give him credit because careful detail was uh, given to um, how to make the movies look like they were of that time. So I can definitely tell like the, the one from 68, you know, it's a four by three aspect ratio shot on like, I, I, I don't know. I tried to look up what camera, but it looks like, you know, 16 millimeter or 24. Mil, I, I don't know. It, it's definitely like an old camera. It's got that film grain to it. Uh, same thing with the 1971. Um, and then also the 99 one just has that look. That, they look that appropriate. Film look. 100%. Yeah. You know, like that camcorder look almost that was really popular back then. But not only that, like it's not just the camera that you have to pay attention to. It's the hair and makeup, the set dressing, the wardrobe, like all that stuff. And you have to really put in a lot of effort to make sure that everything matches up. And the combination of like the way that the or the combination of the camera and like the wardrobe and the set dressing, I mean, it just it nails it. It it really looks like um something of that time. And that's, that's very hard to do. Uh, now I actually interviewed Sam Barlow, I think in 2018, 2019, somewhere around there, uh, shortly after telling lies had come out and he, he talked a bit about this project, but he couldn't say too much about it. I think at the time, the only thing he was saying about it was that it was going to be in the horror genre. And there is, I, I don't want to spoil too much here, but there is kind of a supernatural, um, thing going on. It, it seems, uh, that's kind of what I'm getting. I feel like I'm about halfway through the game or getting close to the end. I'm going to finish it up this week. Cause I, you know, got to know the whole story here, but it's, I I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's just, it's stories nested within stories, which is 
gets really complicated, but it's really, really smart. So you have three different movies and those movies, God, this gets confusing. So you're watching these clips and you know, they, when they shoot a movie, they shoot it out of order. They don't shoot it like first scene first and last scene last. So when you're watching these, these things and you see the clapboard and it says this one was shot October 18th, 1968, like, okay, that may be like the first scene in the movie, but then yeah. a clip that you watch from a later date, maybe somewhere else in the movie, like you have no idea where. So you're watching not only the, the, uh, the story that you're trying to figure out, like the overarching story of what happened with this, this actor you're not, you're not only watching that out of order, you're watching the movies out of order as well. So you're in your head trying to put everything together chronologically, both the movie, because I'm kind of interested in the movies. Too. I was going to say, does the story and the movies really matter? They kind of do. I feel like there's something. So the, the first movie in 1968, it totally reminds me of this movie called Benedetta that came out recently. It's a Paul Verhoeven movie. He quit making, made, making movies in Hollywood. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He's still making movies? Not in Hollywood. Right. He makes European movies mainly in French. And he made this really good one a couple years ago, maybe less, uh, called Benedetta about this famous, um, of like monk that, uh, supposedly saw, uh, like she, she had the stigmata and everything Mm. and like she was blessed by Christ. But then like, there's a lot of evidence that she was totally faking the entire thing. And then of course she, there was this whole story about how she had a lesbian relationship with another nun. And he, he did a great job with this movie. I love it. But (laughs) welcome back to the movies on the DL. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean with this game, it's hard not to talk movies, but the, the first movie called Ambrosio is a lot. It reminds me a lot of this Benedetta movie where it takes place in, in like this monastery with these monks and, there's a lot of temptation and sin involved and everything like that. Um, and the devil makes an appearance. Uh, and then there's titties. We gotta get those titties off the screen. Oh yeah. There's some, uh, I mean, it is a, a Verhoeven French movie. So yes, there's going to be some nudity. Um, but I want to know what happens in the movies. Like I want to see just like the movies put together just so I can get the full story uh, as well as like the overarching like story of the game. Um, God, I, how far I'm, along do you think you are? I am, uh, I said earlier, I think I'm like halfway or maybe a little bit more mm. than halfway through it. Um, but what's really cool too, is as I was doing a little research on this game, trying to figure out like what kind of cameras he shot on. I also looked at the actors because there are a lot of actors in here and they do a really good job, uh, particularly the lead, which her name is, I, I don't know how to say it in English. I mean, in French, it's Manon. I, I guess in English, it should just be Manon, or maybe you say it the same way. Um, My first girlfriend's name, Manon. Oh, it was. And, and you, you say it the same way in English, Manon? Uh, she was French, so we said okay. Manon. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always know that name because there's a very famous French movie called uh, Manon de Source. Um, Bring it up if ass titties, please. <laughs> but... Uh, I realized she's playing multiple characters here. So she's playing the character in the game. Mm-hmm. Then she's playing the character outside the movies. 
or in she's, the movies. She's playing the character in each of the movies. So in each of the movies, she's playing a character, playing a character. Yeah. And then in the last movie, it's like a double identity movie. So she's playing two characters. Jeez. There. And she sings, she dances, she has to do like, there's just like a wide variety of things that she had to do um, in, in this role for this, this video game. And I, I was just really impressed. She did a, a fantastic job. And the, the actors like, they, they really looked the part too. Uh, like everything just came together really well. It's, it, it's a extremely well done and well shot game. Um, so yeah, hats off to that. This is everything that I was hoping it, it would be. Uh, what, what's really cool. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up here, I know I've been going off on this game forever, but the last thing I want to bring up is, um, when I was doing a little background research, trying to find out has she done anything else? Because in telling lies, um, there was the kid from bird box in there. I think it was, yeah, it was bird box. And the kid had been in something else too. Like this child actor who was, uh, had a lot of good roles. She was in that game. And then, uh, it, there were some other actors in there that, um, were, you know, semi-famous, like pretty well known. Um, this cast, I didn't really recognize anyone, but I felt they did an amazing job. So I was kind of looking into their background. The, the lead actress hadn't really done anything before, but she's got like a Twitch channel, a YouTube channel. She's on Twitter and everything. I looked on her YouTube channel and there is a video of her and one of the other actors in this game, um, doing a let's play and, uh, doing a let's play of, uh, this game of immortality. Oh, okay. And it was really cool because it was like a DVD commentary. <laughs> now she's doing, she's a girl playing a girl, trying to <laughs> act like a girl, playing yeah. another girl. <laughs> yeah. Just total actorception here. But it was really cool because it was like a, a DVD commentary where they were talking about the scenes. So like, Oh, and this one, it was really cool because this and this and that, and like giving you some behind the scenes look. Now um, did you cut that off until uh, you're going to go back to that? after? You yeah. Yeah. I can't watch it all now because even as I started watching the let's play, um, you know, he's discovering the story, uh, the actor and her, or, um, yeah, the two actors are discovering the story in, in a, a different, different than you did. Right. Yeah. So I started yeah. seeing scenes that I hadn't seen yet. Right. So I was like, all right, I got to, hold off on this and I'll come back to it. But it's like an hour and a half long, uh, playthrough and it's not the entire game, but it, it's going to be really good once I finish the game and I can check that out and kind of get a little more behind the scenes and insight into this. I wonder if you finish the game and then you go watch that and then you'll still see things that you hadn't seen. I, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. I mean, there could be things because it's a lot of, it's a lot of video. Uh, any way you go about it, it's just a lot of content. So there, there's probably going to be things that you don't pick up on, like little bits of dialogue or things in in the mm -hmm. uh, screen or in the shot. Oh, it's saying about a six and a half hours total length to beat. So yeah, I'm a little over halfway through. But it. there's sixteen hour and a half hours of content if you deep dive. So see all the aspects of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you could spend a lot, yeah. a lot longer in there. Um. I hope I mean, this seemed very expensive. Um, I hope that they're making some of their money back. I'm thinking that steam is not their primary source of, I hope not because you know, it, they, it only has like, um, 900 reviews. I don't know. How well, they are on Xbox. I, I don't know about PC game pass, but they, they are available on Xbox, Android. I think the Mac, oh, okay. uh, app store, like they, if you look at it, like the landing page for, um, this game, it'll tell you everywhere that it's available. And it's not just, just steam. But I just hope it does. I hope 
the juice was worth the squeeze and he continues to do big budget stuff, you know, because like if you spend all this money, yeah, I actually got awards. I saw it did okay mm-hmm. at the game awards and stuff. I, you know, you just hope that attention doesn't always equate dollar bills. Yeah. So. And as far as like just going off of steam reviews, watch out for this Wikipedia page. That's the whole plot right there. I got to avert my eyes, um, but <laughs> you son of a bitch, Chris. <laughs> Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, and I, I do hope that it's successful, but it really seems like, um, her story was the biggest success. And that one was probably the, the lowest budget one. And it kind of came out of nowhere and took everybody by surprise. And if we bring up the steam page for her story, can we see how many reviews and sometimes that gives us an idea of, um, there it is an idea of like how many people had picked it up. So this came out in 2015. So it's usually times 10. The amount of reviews is what we normally use to guesstimate sales. So nice having you around. That's very interesting. So you take the all reviews and you times it by 10 and that's four to 10, depending on the genre. So it can vary obviously hugely, but yeah, but only 10% of people leave reviews. Interesting. Um, So we can say this, we we can estimate 63,000 copies of, of this game for sure. Yeah. 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 It, I feel like this one might've been the biggest success, which is unfortunate because it's definitely not the best one. I mean, there were some cl- complaints about telling lies. I can't remember exactly what it was, but about the way that you scroll back and forth through the video, it was, um, there was something, and I did notice this. It was kind of annoying because it made you like, it forced you to watch like the entire thing, even if you wanted to see just like one part. There was something weird about the controls. With Immortality, it tries to replicate a moviola, which is this old machine for for uh, going through footage. Mm. Um, and you can fast forward at different speeds, so you can kind of zip through it and and go through the the footage pretty quickly and get to what you need. But... Um, yeah, man, I just, hopefully more people pick up this game because it is well worth it. And it, it is really, really good. I really enjoy this. I I have a question. So me and Rianne are looking for another game to, to play together. You know, now that she has 400 hours in Hades and I have 120, it's just not cutting it anymore. And we kind of do want something to relax. And do you think this is the type of game you could do that with? Like, is there any, like, could we debate our options as we go through the footage? Is it like multiple choice kind of thing? Yeah. So it's a lot of sitting and watching. And I I kind of stopped halfway through a point I was trying to make. So the the old games, you you type in keywords. So somebody says something or they, they talk about a character or a thing and you, you search for that keyword. In Immortality, it uses um, visuals. So in film, they got this thing called a match cut and it can be visual or like a motion type thing. And if you've seen it a thousand times, you can go on YouTube and just look up like match cut examples. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like it starts with the Paramount logo and then that match cuts into this big mountain and mm. then like that's the establishing gotcha. shot for the scene you're about to see. So in this, it, you pair things with match cuts. If you see a candle in a scene, then you pause it, you click on the candle and then it'll jump to another scene and mm. maybe in one of the different movies that she did or in some other footage, like uh, whatever, that had a candle in it as well. So you're constantly scanning for objects, for people, um, faces. Makes it nice on mobile, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, 
at first I was like, I don't, I kind of miss the like searching for the keywords because I feel like I'm using my brain more. But then as I got further into the game, I really started to enjoy that a lot more because I started actively looking in the scene and seeing like, okay, oh, there's a mask in that scene. There's a microphone in this scene. Like um, there's an earring that they like zoom in on that may have some importance. So I click on that. And um, so it's more visual. Now, if you want to play this with Rianne, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be great, but it is a lot of like sitting and watching and it, it's an interactive story. Like it's, you're going to slowly get fed the story little by little and like there's going to be reveals and you're going to figure things out and like there's room for discussion. But it, uh, I don't know if the, um, like, yeah, I guess you could debate on like, oh, what should we click on next or what in this scene caught your eye? Uh, you know, like there was one scene where they, like, she kept holding up this apple and I'm like, there's some significance with the apple, you know? So I clicked on that and then I kind of went down this whole rabbit hole of like all these scenes that had like apples in them. Um, so I feel like there's some like subtext there or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on in this, but yeah. Cause it's only, I honestly, when this game was announced on the game, not announced, but, um, you know, revered on the game awards, I thought it would be more expensive, but for $22, I feel like. Yeah, that that seems like an awesome time. 16 hours worth of going through video and playing with uh with someone mm-hmm. else. Uh, maybe I'll try it out and now. Yeah, and you know, Pyronical in chat brings up something interesting. So when I saw like some of the promotion for this, they kept on saying Netflix games on Netflix games and I'm like, what are Netflix games? Like I, I vaguely remember that. But Pyronical saying that if you have Netflix, you can get this game for free. Well, I, I you should fact check that. I don't know. I find it interesting that that's uh, what Nick said. He told me, <laughs> he said this game is free on Netflix. <laughs> uh, on, I don't think in um, Netflix's UI you can click on things in, like there's no free cursor. So I don't know how you would click on something there inside was, of a scene. Um, I, yeah, I there are games. There's like there's a few games, mm-hmm. but oh, Android. Sorry, Android and iOS via Netflix. So mobile Netflix, not when you're watching oh, it on a TV, maybe? Okay. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, there are games on Netflix, where, but they're multiple choice. There's the um, Black Mirror. Yeah, Black one. Mirror. Um, yeah, I've done the, the uh, I've done a, one or two of those on Netflix where yeah. it has like the options that you make. Right, you but choose. it's never anything inside the shop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Fucking, it's awesome. You should try. I, now he's highfalutin, dude, but you should try to talk to Sam it again. It was hard enough to get that first interview. Still, that gives you more credibility for the second. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think. I don't know if we did interviews again. <laughs> uh, next up, I have a shotgun guy where you shoot zombies in the head. Shotgun guy. That's it. I just feel my, my guns are so much dumber than your games, dude. <laughs> no, there's no shotgun guy. Uh, um, so the, I alluded to this earlier. John and I have been playing Elden Ring together, um, co-op. So we modded it. We used it a mod because, you know, this is a lot like all the other Souls games where co-op is tricky. Um, it's not real tr- co-op. It's people invade your game, and when they do... They could either attack you or help you. Um, it's part of the fun, I guess. Uh, but I've actually never played a game like that. Um, but there is a mod for this where you can keep the game completely permanent for yourself. If you play it normally, um, 
the co-op is only for the area. And as soon as you walk out of the area, it kills the co-op. So essentially, if you start fighting a guy and he's too powerful for you in your own game, you can run to the finish line or out of the area and he, it'll end the, the session, the multiplayer session. Uh, so with this mod, we're multiplayer all the time. Um, and he has played, I think he said he played halfway through. So he knows all kinds of stuff. And so he's like, let's go over here and go over there. So there's a lot of me just like following him around. And then when we get there, you can pretty much tell it was never set up for two player co-op. Um, for the, I mean, we're early, we're very early in the game. And, uh, you know, one of us distracts the character. It's very realistic. I'll give it that for sure. One of us distracts them for long enough to like get a little bit of aggro and the other person goes up and backstabs them and does massive damage with the backstab. And so, you know, I am not getting the souls souls like experience because, uh, he's doing a lot of the, the, the actual damage and stuff. And I'm just trying to sneak in there and get him with the dagger while I can. Uh, but I am starting to really appreciate the, the world. It, it's weird because, you know, it's fantasy, but I guess it's more of an Asian I version of like a fantasy world. And it's just strange. Everything's very, very strange. Um, but the crazy shit happens constantly. And it's, it's almost like how you feel in a Zelda game, uh, especially the newer ones where you go through that first door and you see how big the world is. It's kind of like that, but it's like a dark, dark version of it. You know, where, where there's death and decay everywhere. And the character designs very far out there. Um, the horse riding is really fun. Um, it's a horse with double jump, which I've never had in any game ever. It's actually really satisfying and fun. Um, I don't know what more to say. We've played a few times, like raiding a bandit camp and and like taking everybody out. It's really fun, you know. You know, you decide. It's up to you to set your own goals, basically, and then you accomplish those goals. And hopefully, you're strong enough to set more lofty goals. But there is zero hand holding. Like, I'm like, how do you? What is this thing? He's like, uh, you have to Google it. You have to. So it's still down. Nothing makes sense. Items are named things. Who knows what they do? Like, I, I don't know. You just have to go and do research and figure out what everything does. It's like the internet's working together to figure out. It's like a crowdsource yeah. effort to beat this game. Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's all cryptic. I That's still the biggest part that turned me off. But now I got John to just kind of walk me through through at least half of it. So that's pretty nice. I am enjoying it enough to maybe start my own playthrough. I've been thinking about it. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Hmm. I don't have infinite time. Most people that start this do not even come close to finishing it. I don't know anybody has finished it, I don't think. It's very hard. Didn't, well, Nick finished it, didn't he? I'm not sure. I don't think he did. There, wasn't he just talking last week about how he loves this game? He he finishes it and he just wants to play it all. Oh, over you're again. right. You're right. Yeah. So there we go. There's one. Um, and then Little Nightmares Two. I uh, finished. I finished it. Um, with Mila, I bought it originally on Halloween so we could play something sp- spoopy. And uh, we got about halfway through on the first uh, couple of days, and then we 
just never played it for a while. And then we were all just kind of sit around and said, Hey, do you want to play this? She said, yeah. And we finished it. Um, Oh, during COVID times. And uh, yeah, this, it's an incredible game. I can, well, 10 out of 10, everybody should play this, especially with your, you know, 10 year old made it maybe might've been a little bit young, but yeah, that's about right. I guess, you know, it's, it's spooky, but you're never, there's no blood really. There's uh, anything that you're killing are kind of like puppets and are, I don't know. It's it, Luna sat on my lap a lot of the time too, but she's too young to really know what's being implied. Um, yeah. Just, masterfully crafted it's a great fucking game it's so good oh and earlier nick um i mean not nick chris uh i think you should play immortality and then have a little bit of uh heavenly bodies to break up them like when it gets too heavy or whatever i think you'll have a lot of fun with heavenly bodies okay cool yeah it looked awesome yeah so all right that's all the games and we got we have a plug the plug is, earlier you said Bobby Say, and it is true. It is sad. Sad but true. 4 to 10% of you out there, statistically, will leave reviews. And if you've heard about a game on this podcast and you get it, why don't you leave a review, support the developer, and just say where you got it from? You can do that. Hashtag DLG bump. I don't know if this helps us. I don't know. If, I don't know. Just do it. Do it if you do it, okay? <laughs> I have not done it. I kept saying it's such a good idea, and I haven't done it. Bobby, have you done what? it? No, if you look on my Steam profile, like I have three reviews and it, it's pretty obvious that I put way too much effort into them. I have a hard time just leaving like random reviews, you know, just a little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing. Yeah, I know. But that's just not the way I operate. I'm 110% or zero. Uh, okay, we've got, well, before we get to the listener questions, quick shout out to Smajeff, 33 months with a subscription, says, Happy New Year, uh, New Year, you filthy animals. Thanks, man. Right back at you, dude. Thank you. We appreciate it. And also, gifting one sub is Voxamagak. I haven't seen you in a while, man. Welcome back. Thank you. Or maybe you've been lurking. We don't know. All right, we've got a lot of listener questions here. Where were you on the New Year's episode? Or the one right before the New Year's episode. We had like one question. Yeah. Well, we didn't do any listener questions last week because we had a, kind of a big show. Um, check that out if you missed it. But starting us off is Warconius. Favorite weird fact of the year. Something you learned this year that tickled your fancy. Hmm. Anybody got one? You know, I read this earlier and I've been thinking and I was like, no, nah, I already know everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean, learn anything. I learned a lot, but I don't know if there's any like weird facts that I learned. I, could, I learned something like just in my specific situation. I went on uh, for New Year's. We we went out, me and ran to a nice restaurant, got the expensive, expensive meats. And uh, we started knocking back cocktails, having a great time talking. And then she said, yeah, it was like when I asked you out, like none of this would have happened. And I was like, what? I asked you out and I had completely forgotten that she had asked me out at the start of the new year, but mm. five, five years later. So that is my, uh, I don't know if it's weird, but it's my favorite fact that I found out. Wow. <laughs> that was only five years ago, man. Imagine yep. what you'll forget in another five years. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, Warconius also asks, favorite comment on a DLG podcast of the year, whether it was witty, hilarious, or dumb, the comment you liked the most of the year? Well, uh, most things from King Tehran. Tehran is pretty fucking funny. He's a person that we didn't, we still, I mean, we don't know who any of you guys are, but uh, he was living, he was the only person watching our YouTube videos and uh, living a comment and just, uh, I don't know, being really creepy with <laughs> Christian. <laughs> yeah, we don't get a lot of comments on uh, YouTube and even less on the posts on our website, but every now and then somebody will will comment on the website. Um, and then, yeah, every now and then someone will leave us a YouTube comment. I guess they're all doing 110% or nothing, probably. Yeah, or they're <laughs> listening to it elsewhere. Um, okay, next question from Afro Dragon. Hey, Emilio, could you share more construction stories? I'm in the industry here in Toronto, Canada. Uh, just recently, I don't know if... Oh, I talked about it on the uh, Discord. Um, just recently, you know, I was complaining to a few people that you, a lot of the times I was in charge of the entire stadium, especially, well, after hours, everybody would go home. It was just me. And so I, I whatever I had to do, I was just kind of running, enjoy it, make sure everything's good. And, um, and one of these, uh, you're there for two years. And then one day they shut the doors and you have to pay them for you to come in. They've been paying you this whole time. And then one day it, the flip, the script is flipped. Now that it's nice, you can't come in, right? So it's very strange, and I, I always thought it was weird. And then this year, in this first, the first project, this has happened to me. Um, there's a short list of I don't know, like forty five names that can go in for free forever, and uh, we got a like, it was a, what, like a lanyard, and then our names in the system. There's not a chair for us. But it's like there's a lot of standing area in the stadium. So I, I have to go get the details. I don't know if it's only for football games or if it's for all venues. It'd be fucking awesome if it was, you know, because there's going to be some big concerts and stuff there. This is at Snapdragon Stadium? Snapdragon Stadium. So uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, as far as um, the construction. Oh, dude died uh, last week. Last week? Like, um, oh, right when I got sick. I... I never, I don't miss days. I rarely lay anything like that. Sam got sick. She's like, I don't have anybody to take care of the kids. I got COVID. I was like, okay, guys, I got to go home because I'm the late shift guy. I, that's my preferred shift. I just stay late. The one day I go home early, a fucking guy's dead in the fucking porta potty, fucking overdosed. So what a way to go, by the way, on a construction site. Dirtiest place in the world to die. Don't uh, die in a porta potty, guys. If like you have any goals at all, just don't die in a porta potty. Yeah, that's not a good look. No, not at all. You said someone died on a construction site. I was not going to guess overdose in the porta potty. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of drugs, man. Uh, especially with the iron workers. Uh, iron workers are the guys who deal with the rebar. They are the toughest guys on the site, and uh, it's because they have the hardest job and they're super strong. And they, uh, it's very backbreaking work. And uh, they, I think they take a lot of like painkillers to keep doing what they do and some of them go higher than painkillers and then some of them don't survive doing that and then on the other side you have people that like their hours are so long there's a lot of meth out there too so this is how all your buildings are built guys hmm. by uh, <laughs> uh a lot of drugs wonderful yep. yeah what a delightful anecdote 
Yeah. All right. There's your there's your fun fact for the year. <laughs> okay. Afro Dragon also says, tell a story about a person that surprised you when you found out they were a gamer. One of my neighbors was a fitness bodybuilder dude. When he saw my gaming PC in my unit, he lost his shit and asked me to help him build a gaming PC so he could play Truck Simulator. <laughs> uh, well, I would say probably each other, right? Probably that's one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean that, cause we didn't like meet online or playing no, video we played, games. Yeah. We met, yeah, we met in a completely different environment, completely different environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that used to be more of a rarity back in the day when we met in like what? Oh seven. Yeah. Around and, then. And we always say the same thing. It's like you find somebody else's a gamer air quotes. And then you go like, yeah, but what kind of gamer? Yeah. Well, like, especially now because everything's so niche. So it's just like, what kind of games do you play? And it's just like, dude, you don't even know. Like what I'm, I'm going to tell you, dude, it's like, so... you, you haven't heard of bravery and greed, you haven't heard <laughs> of immortality. Like it's so tough, man. People are like, Oh, what do you play? And I know they're just trying to like shoot the shit with me. Yeah, they're they trying want to me to say call of duty so that they could say that their uncle plays yeah, call of Fortnite. duty. Yeah. Or whatever Fortnite. And the, I go, uh, you know, I play a lot of indie stuff. Yeah. That's what I say now too. I'm just like indie stuff. You've never heard of. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do it. Um, one thing that, or one instance that always stands out to me is one time I was at a gas station and this was probably in 06 or 05 maybe and i was wearing a jinx hoodie so jinx is this company that would make like gamer gear and this is back before like anybody ever did this and it turns out they're actually just up in poway which is an area just north of san diego and um i had this hoodie it, it, you might have seen this before it's got like the little skull with the nerd glasses on it uh that's their their logo and i'm wearing this hoodie at a gas station and I'm going in to pay and, uh, and like this younger guy behind the counter, he's just like, Oh, that's like a gaming thing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then he starts going off about some random game. Uh, I think it was like a maple story type game. Mm. Um, and he's like, yeah, dude, you should check it out. And like, that just didn't happen back in the day, dude. Yeah. Like that just did not, uh, like the, PC gamers were very uh, far and few between, and they didn't go out much, and they definitely didn't the advertise. <laughs> They're not; they exist, and there's a lot of them. There are, but, especially now. I mean, like Henry Cavill plays PC games. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just it, it's a lot more commonplace now. I feel like there's a lot more gaming on computers because you can play a lot of these games on any type of computer or even mobile device. And you know, of course, with Fortnite, that kind of blew up. But I, it, it just. I don't know if you're old enough, you know, but like it, it was just way more of a rarity back then. That's why I was, uh, I brought it up, um, the other day in, our, and nobody responded to me in our crew channel. I was like, uh, our gear, instead of saying DLG, we should just like make it obvious that you're a PC gamer. So maybe you can strike up a conversation at a gas yeah. station with a stranger. So this I like to think out there that there's two people who met from this podcast that had like a sticker or something that that would be kind of, that'd be neat. Um, Cricket Shoulder said the few people has come up to them about the DLG shirt or that's happened to him. It's never happened to us. Um, some other people have said it's happened, but yeah. Hmm. Um, well, this is interesting. So Sniper, you pulled up the Jinx webpage and it says, on January 1st, 2023, the Jinx website officially closed its virtual doors. End of an era, dude. Wow. That is <laughs> so long. And thanks for the fish. I, I like that. 
That's crazy, man. That means all my Jinx gear, and I still have quite a bit, man. I got a lot of shirts. Has at least doubled in value. Yeah. <laughs> Premium. It's a rarity now. It is. Oh, that's that's too bad. Oh, I was going to say Chi. Um, so Chi, if you don't know, was our former caster. And uh, we were... Were you there, Bobby? The night I wasn't that I met there. Her? No, that was you and Sam. Me, Sam, and I think Chad. Somebody else was there. And we're in a bar, and we're drinking and shooting shit with the bartender. And it's funny. I wasn't talking to her as much as Sam was. Sam was, like, kind of drunk that night, and she was like, talking. To, and then, you know, it's one of these things where I come back to the bathroom, and she's like, hey, um, she is a streamer. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, okay, probably play plays Call of Duty or whatever, you know, on a on a Xbox or something. And she goes, no, and she, the way she was about it, you know, still is. She's like, no, f- I'm not so fucking filthy casual. You know, I'm a PC gamer. And I was like, oh, and she's so bubbly and nice and stuff. And then it just kept going and going. I was like, oh, we should interview for the podcast. And the rest is history. Yep. Hmm. All right. We've got another question from Tag Loro. It's a new year. Everyone's thinking about their goal for next year. What are some of your goals for the podcast in 2023? Anything exciting for us fans to look forward to? I I set some privately. I don't want to do them publicly because I've done it before and I feel like um, I just give as much time as I have or as I want. But I do want to... Pyronicle had a suggestion and I was thinking about this for a while. There's like software that you can take a recording. Um, and as long as you have different inputs, you can easily splice it up with footage. And that's how a lot of shorts are made on TikTok and uh, like Instagram reels and stuff, just repurpose footage and you record it through this app and you just, it's just drop and drag. It takes seconds. So I would like to experiment with that to get like some quick stuff out. And hopefully, you know, you guys have heard this before, but 10,000, downloads an episode that's what that's my goal so maybe not so exciting but we'll see yeah um we do have suggestions open in a channel in discord and we are looking for some input and i mean it is a new year we want a fresh look we want to stay relevant so you know we do have to kind of change change things up and there's been some good ideas there's been a few more and i haven't read the most recent ones but it I don't do a lot of social media, but I feel like we really do need to expand into like the TikTok world and like yeah. the short little videos and the clips and stuff because that's really where a lot of the a lot of people are are checking things out. And it's amazing because YouTube has their own version of like TikTok or you know with the the short videos and it's amazing how much time you can kill doing that. Like sometimes when I'm going to bed, I'll be like, yeah, I don't want to watch a long YouTube video. So I'll just start watching these shorts. And the next thing you know, it's like half an hour later. And I'm just like, dude, I just got it. Because it's always just like swipe to the next, swipe to the next. It's just like constantly giving you that like new, new thing hit, you know? I had to uninstall YouTube from my phone. Like it was so bad. I was like, oh, I'm learning so much. And then like an hour later, I haven't done anything like at work or like, yeah, I go to bed on time. I, I had to complete. But do you guys ever like find a reel of, of a podcast and just be like we're funnier <laughs> like like some of our content is much better than this i don't listen no? well i don't know man it, it's tough because i feel like the podcast game has changed so much since we started like everything every comedian out there that was or every actor that was super popular like 10 years ago ha, has like 
their own podcast now and they're all professionally produced and they're all really well done. And it's just like, it's way, the competition is a lot stiffer than it used to be. You know, it used to be just like, Oh, a podcast, you know, like anyone could start this up in their garage and like people would check it out. And now it's just like, there's, it's become much more of a business and it's, I don't know. We, we still kind of got that old school DIY punk rock thing going on here where it's just two fools yapping in a, <laughs> I was going to say a basement, but there's no basements in San Diego. um i had a blast on our new year's uh episode man i liked all the bits and stuff i'd like to do more bits and stuff um i've also thought about i just this has been a constant you know and at work i'm such a fucking hard worker i work so much you guys you don't even know how like how much goes into fucking building shit but um I just need to put more work into this. It's like, I almost, for, I think about it and I'm like, I listen to a couple of books. I listen to uh, like some motivational books. I was like, what can I really, I already work maximum at work. There's no more I can do there. What can I do outside? It's like, oh yeah, my baby. It's been sitting here abused down in the basement for years. Let me go, <laughs> let me go touch it up. All right. Next question from Pyronical. Do you religiously grab the free games off Epic or do you not even bother? Bobby does or did. Um, yeah, still do. I always grab, uh, I grab every single game. I'm on this like IRC chat channel that like has announcements of, of free games and stuff. So I always get notified and it's really easy for me just to run over there and grab one. I think I may have missed one during the holidays when they were giving a free one every single day, but it was Probably one I already had or had it on Steam. It wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, dude, my Epic Games library is ridiculous, dude. Like there's just so many games in there and it baffles me that I didn't pay a dime. I, I never bought a game off of Epic. Everything that I have in there is all free. And there's some good stuff in there. And I actually play quite a few games. It, it does kind of dictate what I play sometimes because I'm just like, dude, it's just sitting on Epic. Yeah. I feel like I should play it. For sure. I didn't know that you played any of them. So oh, yeah. I mean, just enough. recently, Lego, not Bricktails, uh, Builder's Journey. Yeah. Uh, that was one I played on Epic. Um, Maneater was on Epic. Mm. Uh, three out of 10, I played on Epic. Cool. It's doing its job. Yep. Um, all right. Oh, uh, another question from Zap. What are your gaming resolutions for this year? Do you want to try new games, maybe get all the achievements in five games, revisit some old favorites? Um, it seems to me that I'm starting to go towards, I mean, I've been talking about it, but going towards longer games and instead of playing Bind of Isaac, where you're doing the same thing over and over, actually get through a story. And, you know, it's, it's been rewarding because I'm getting through these like, pretty cool stories uh requiem ended up making me cry like the first one did uh plague tale um and you know a little nightmares out after i finished it i was online trying to figure out what what it all meant and uh you know it there's you start to when you're playing a lot of indie roguelikes and just indie games in general the story a lot of time it's usually game and mechanic forward and i've been game and mechanic forward for a long time but i almost forgot that stories are important and so yeah getting more into the whole thing games that have everything to offer not just uh, a couple 
new uh, bells and whistles. Um, I want to go back very quickly to uh, the free games. The only free game that I got off of Epic that I remember is uh, Surviving Mars. And I've been seeing that, Chris, you've been playing a bunch of that. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, Sure. This also fits nicely into my gaming goals for 2023. Um, Yeah, I picked up Surviving Mars a long time ago. And like a lot of other games, a lot of other city builder games, I played for like 10 or 9 hours. And then I dropped it and never never picked it up again. Um, And I, I noticed that that's like a pattern in my gaming style. So I went back and I think I put like 40 hours into it over three weeks. And I I i'm pretty sure i beat it like i i unlocked as much as i could unlock and i was having fun the whole time basically you land on mars you have to generate funding uh eventually you have martians and earth uh colonists kind of as two separate groups that you have to manage and uh the latest expansion you completely terraform mars into like a livable environment um it's really fun there's a lot of mysteries i got this mystery where like i dug too deep you know ye old story and these aliens came up but they were these black cubes and they started making this monument in the middle of my oh, uh, co- colony and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and then some of my colonists after they were finished their job they would work again at the monument like doing stuff building bricks or, or inside and they was just, the black blocks started to take over my colony and that's just one of the 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 end stories or whatever so you have a couple options and uh eventually i use it as like some tourist trap uh and uh me and the sentients have like a deal like a certain amount of colonists can work there and i won't try to like nuke it um but there's like uh, i don't know how many stories but there's so many achievements for different stories that they put in it it's a really satisfying game so yeah in 2023 i just want to put more time into a less amount of games that's kind of my goal yeah Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, gaming goal for, I, I feel like this could be the year that I finally beat doom three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to do that for, uh, almost 20 years, <laughs> but it, it, it's like the half-life two situation where just my saves get lost and I have had to restart the game. I played the first half of doom three, three times, maybe. That's what I'm saying. I bring it up. There's mu- there must be save files that you can drag and drop into your folder, right? Yeah, there are. But at this point, I can re- remember where I left uh, yeah. off. I got pretty far last time, and there was a the reason I lost the save files in this case. I think was because there was the Doom Three Annihilation Edition, which isn't compatible with the original Doom Three. Oh 3. yeah, that's right. So yeah, um, and then uh, you should uh, Fallen Order is worth playing, Bobby. Uh, finishing it yeah i i should i'm so close to finishing that one too and that again that's one where the save files got messed up because i played it off your account and accidentally deleted all the save files but i did actually re-download those and got generally in the same area and i could pick that back up but it's been so long it feels really weird jumping back into the game um yeah i might just start with the the sequel that's coming out soon uh, okay, Comfy Unicycle asks, have you ever come back to a game after so long that so much of it had changed? It seemed the only way to play again is to start over. Love the show. Keep it up. Kind of what I was just talking about there. I mean, the game hadn't really changed. It's just like I spent too much time away from it. Yeah. And there's a lot of games where I've talked about this before. The re-entry is very difficult. Mm-hmm. I talked about this with the case of the Golden Idol, and there's a lot of other games similar to that where it's just like you you build a momentum with the game, and if you don't keep that going, it's extremely difficult to get it back. 
That happens with uh, Metroidvanias a lot because, you know, sometimes you have to go get the missile launcher that destroys this shield. And then you come back after a few months, you get the missile launcher. Like, what did I need this for? Well, that one random door way in the fuck other side of the map. But you forgot that because you're not playing on, you're not right on top of it. Another one was Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal had such an interesting and unique play style where you had to like, you know, do kill things in a certain way to get ammo for this other thing. And then it was kind of like a rotation and, you know, you get good at it and you, you get it going and then you try to come back and you're just like, uh, you know, you're, um, like a monkey with, uh, yeah, that's like a muscle memory thing. And some games have that problem too, where it's just the game trains you and usually it's bit by bit. They kind of, it's like an extended tutorial throughout the beginning of the game where they slowly introduce new mechanics. And then you kind of get that feel down. That's how the Witcher is for me. Like I, I couldn't jump back into wherever I was with that game because I just don't know like all the buttons and how to switch through everything. And it would just be really clumsy. Um, and the beginning of that game so slow too, so it's it's hard reentry on both sides of that. Yep. Uh, Comfy Unicycle also asks: Did any of you play Age of Empires four, and how does it match up versus the others in the series? Yeah, I whooped Bobby's ass. Thank you for asking. No, actually, I forget how it went down. We played though, right? <laughs> Did we did we play versus? I remember you really liking it, Bobby, and then it yeah, uh, disappeared. No, it was great. Age of Empires 4 was kind of a return to form for the Age of Empires series for me. I really didn't like 3. I remember when it came out and I played a little bit of it and it was like, nope, this is not my Age of Empires. Um, and, and then I recently went back to 3 uh, like a year or two a year or two ago just to check it out again. And it wasn't as bad as I remember. Um, and 4, I, I really liked. First of all, it's on Game Pass. Uh, second of all, it reminded me a lot of age of empires two, Um, and, and what was the, the DLC to that or like the expansion back in the day, they didn't have DLC. Um, the one Eastern where they, empires or something. No, no, I'd, I'd recognize it if I, I heard it, but age of empires two was like the quintessential age of empires game for me. And four felt a lot like that. And I really enjoyed dynasties of it. Dynasties of India. The I was colors. close. Okay, I don't even remember that. The Age of Kings. Maybe I'm just thinking of the base game. But anyway, Age of Empires 4, I really liked it. I thought they kind of went back to basics with it. And I really enjoyed the cutscenes that were like watching the history Educational, channel, yeah. basically. Um, and they had the, a really good PvP system set up. Like, yeah, Age of Empires 4 was great. And I don't think enough people played that game, including me. I did kind of check it out. And it's like, this is awesome. And then I just moved on to something else, which unfortunately happens a lot. I actually, I played a lot of multiplayer in that too. Like I really kind of got into that. Um, sheer Ponage. Oh, that's a question for Nick. We'll get to that next week. All right. Last question. This is from Warconius. Dark Tide is a really great game. Nailed the atmosphere and gameplay. Do you think the progression is too slow? Seems a little grindy to me. This is how uh, I enjoy it so much. I don't even care. I'm not even playing for the progression. I, I'm playing it just to hang out with people and then also um, to see to see all the content and uh, when I do level up and then that's really cool but um, I and I do want to get better and I do want to play the higher levels but 
honestly, 90% of what I played is level two difficulty. And it's just more about the hang because I'm not playing with the same people and you kind of want to work more up with the two. Yeah. And then, but the a two can vary pretty wildly. I mean, I don't, I, I will say, I, I can see where he comes from with it being too grindy. So first of all, Vermintide, like the the first Vermintide had a huge problem with this. It was, I, I enjoyed the gameplay too, but the progression system was just terrible. They later fixed it, thank God. And then the second game came out and they kind of fixed it even more. And you felt like you were making progress and getting new weapons. Um, and then with, with Darktide, I feel like it's about the same as Vermintide too. Like they've done a good job where it feels like every new time you're getting a new weapon or a new gun or slowly getting better. But I can definitely see the grindiness complaint because it does kind of blend together. Now, when we played on, I can't remember what difficulty it was. Was it three? Three, yeah. Three, I was like, okay, this is the game that I want to play. Like we were struggling. We actually didn't succeed. No. We came close. Yeah, and really it was close. just like, we all had things to do. And we always, we had to actually use our brains. It, it, when you play on the lower difficulties and you're overgeared, you're just like smashing buttons and clearing everything out. And it, it just, it can get really boring. This is the same thing I say about, um, Oh God, uh, killing floor two. Like that game is incredibly boring if you're not playing on the right difficulty. Uh, yeah, I would love to play on three, but like I said, like you, you don't know, you're playing with different people and you want to warm up. And then by the time you're done warming up, uh, like my multiplayer gaming time is over. They're I've, long sessions too. The maps are yeah. very long. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I should just jump straight to three. It's not as bad as I keep, I'm building it up to be worse than it is, but it is, it's nice. That's where I probably should be playing all the time. All right, folks, that's the show. Uh, what are you playing next week? Um, I want to finish. I want to finish uh, Fallen Order. Um, I don't know if I'm like within striking distance, like a week. That seems like I won't be able to do it. But um, and then kind of want to. <laughs> I'm scared, but an Elden Ring solo uh, mission. Uh, or would be fun um but yeah all right um i'm gonna finish up immortality and i mean i i'm gonna finish it up and i'm gonna come back here and say it's great which you guys already know so i i'm gonna try to play something else so i have something else to talk about um but definitely finishing off that game this week cool uh speaking for chris uh bobby and myself French YouTube titties. That might have been the first time we ever had nudity on the podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> There's been some slip-ups before. Age of Mythology, man. I like that game. That was... God. So, Age of Empires 2 took forever to get through a game. And then I played Warcraft 3, and I'm like, these games are so fast and snappy and fun. And then Age of Mythology kind of adopted that, and they had like the gods that you could play, which were like the hero characters in Warcraft 3. I really liked Age of Mythology. I don't know if it was one of the more popular entries in the franchise. Bye, everybody. It's Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. That's the, you know, that's the real. Oh, God. That was the popular one. <laughs>